Man, I really wish I could think of creative countdowns. <laughs> I ran out of creative countdowns like three weeks ago. <laughs> Again, you should take your own advice. Do what feels good. Yeah, do what feels good is like my life motto. I'm, I actually am planning on one day getting that tattooed on my body somewhere. It's just a matter of like, I'm going to wait till I start sort of start to run out of space. Do do what feels good is my actual life motto. I feel like that was like my, what my parents always told me not to do. Like, you can't always do what makes you feel good. See, well, all right. So my, all right, that, this is a different conversation. My theory of do what feels good incorporates a certain amount of, of long time, long term decision making, where like, like fucking a girl without a condom might feel good, <laughs> but having a an illegitimate child doesn't feel would good. feel worse. Right. So you gotta like, there's there's a certain degree of long term decision making in the do what feels good model is what Got is it. my it's point. built in. It's, you, right. Yeah. Yeah. Through, yes. Right. But anyways, let's go ahead and count this shit down. All um, right. Let's go ahead and go with five, four. Three, two, one. Welcome to another edition of the Nosebleed Section Podcast. My name is Scott Jones, and as always, I am here with Vince Geron. Um This is episode 9.2, we're going to call it, because we recorded an episode 9, but you know what? It just uh, just never made it out in time, so uh, now we're doing episode 9.2. Uh, we're, we are two days after the birthday of America. Happy birthday, America. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, we both had very awesome but very different July 4th weekends. Vince, how was your July 4th weekend? Dude, it was good. And just to go back to episode 9.2, we've got two episodes now in the vault. Right, vault, and I feel like episodes. there's going to be a time when we release these. Yeah, they're, they're going to come Let's out. They're going to be like they're going to be bonus tracks when we release our mixtape. They they they'll, they'll come they'll come in a uh, in a package deal with a big baller brand shoes. The V threes, I think that we said right. For sure. No, the, the yeah, VJ3s. no, I have the VJ threes. Yeah, the VJ threes. Yeah, the VJ threes for sure. <laughs> and you'll also get a you'll also get a pair of SJ sliders. Yeah, oh, it's fair. like a package deal, man. Right. Package deal. Wait, hold on. Listen closely. This is the this is the, the sound every boy wants to hear. That's cracking a cold. Cracking a cold one. Oh, dude. Yeah. Well, I cracked plenty of cold ones this week. Approximately, weekend. how many cold ones did you crack this weekend, Vince? And were there boys present? <sighs> probably like he probably fifteen a fifteen a day for four straight days. So I would we're say, looking about sixty cold ones. That's a pretty solid number. Probably, probably sixty cold ones because there's two phases of every day. There was the phase where it was, it was, we had a big house of like fifteen people, and it was like the during the day drinking phase, right, where you're just like cracking cold ones that you got on ice and like keeping them real, real, real frosty cold and refilling the ice and sure. making sure that they're they're you know right around thirty three, thirty two point five degrees. As yeah, I mean as cold as you can make them, and you're in the comfort of your own home. So I have to add that to what was consumed when we were out, but it's almost like it's very difficult to keep track of what you're drinking when you're out. 
Well, I mean, uh, I'm just proud of you for giving a a fairly honest response because, like, you could have said approximately four million cold ones. You could have said that, <laughs> and, and I would not have refuted that claim. But I, I'm proud of you for for not going that route. <laughs> well, this is what happened. We went we went to go pick up beer the first day, right? So we get there and we're picking up beer, and of course, uh, everyone's kind of getting like what they want to drink, and I get myself. Two 12 packs of Corona Light cans and pick the cans. Right, I saw the pictures. Because that's all that they had. That's all that they had. Well, I think that's all that comes in 12, or at least they didn't have a 12 of uh, of bottles. And then I grabbed a six pack of bottles that were already cold. So I had two 12s of cans and a six of Corona that was already cold mm-hmm. um, to, like, you know, kind of treat myself with the bottles for that day. So I drank those treat six yourself. bottles, drank the Corona over the next couple of days, and then or the next day, and then after the first two days, we were out of Corona, and we just had a shitload of Bud Light. So I just cracked open Bud Lights for the rest of the weekend. I suffered through it. Bud Lights, man. You didn't have any best tastes? What are you doing with your life? Well, okay. Let me explain that one. I, I don't so, even know again, if I want an we're explanation. Sit, we're sitting around, and of course, there's a su- suggestion of someone brings up a keg, getting a keg. And it sounds like a great idea, right? Everyone's like, oh, yeah, fucking, yeah. If you can make it happen, like, go make it happen. So this girl is like, oh, yeah. Like, like it's I, hard to get kegs? Like, kegs are like, easy like, to I know, I know, well, like, I know where to go. Well, we're in Newport. We don't know where the fuck to go. But she's like, I know where to go. Or, like, I know, I know someone, whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, none of y'all have Google? Like, you literally, like, how do I get a keg in, in Newport? Google that, that shit. That's probably, probably what she did. But then she gets there, and she figures out it's more cost-effective to just buy a shit load of cases of Bud Light. So she comes back with a shitload of cases of Bud Light. I, that's it. Man, that I somehow like, doubt that the, this is even true. Like, I really I don't think that it's more cost-effective to buy a shit on the cases of Bud Light than to buy a It case. very well may not have been. And it, and it most certainly is not more cost-effective to buy a shitload of, of, of cases of Bud Light than it is to buy a shitload of cases of Miller Light because they sell them at the exact same fucking price. Like I think that she factored in the cost of the down payment on the tap. Which you get back, so you can't okay, really factor that, that in. But I think that I mean, okay, factoring. that I can understand. But still, like, um, you can still get as many be- best tastes as you can Bud Light. You can. But it wasn't me that was going to buy. If it was me that was going to buy the beer, for sure I would have came back in real life. Well, but it was your first mistake was letting a female go and make this decision. <laughs> well, the female was the one that was willing to drive, and everyone else was pretty much already drunk. Well, there you go. So you go. I'll take she, what I can get. She was probably drunk too. Probably. So, but anyways, at any rate, that's all well and good. I'm. It sounds like you at least what had a, you know, had you a good time. Well, you know, as I as I had texted you, mm-hmm. and our good fun or good friend Ricky Ricardo uh, on Sunday, my wife went out of town. Sun very 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 early Sunday morning. Like I I saw the sunrise. On my way back from dropping her off at the airport. That's oh, how early fuck. I could get up. Oh, that's... So, oh. But you know what? I actually kind of like getting up super, super early in the day. because I don't sleep much anyway, but... Did you get up early to take a hot shower for an hour? Ah, no, I don't get to do that anymore, Vince. Wait, thanks for being a real dick, though. Um, <laughs> we're not going to get into that on this particular cast. No, we do uh, not need to get into that. So, um, so... What I just, you know, what I text you guys was, hey man, I've got a weekend to myself. What should I do? And the group mm-hmm. consensus was, I should play video games all weekend, right? So mm-hmm. here's what I did. 
I basically left right after. I'm talking about, like, fucking, if this was 11 in the morning that I text you guys and asked you this, you guys mm-hmm. got back to me right mm-hmm. around noon. I left. I went across the street, because directly across the street from my condominium complex is a grocery store. I got a fucking 30 rack of champagne of taste. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Fucking oh, Miller, Miller fuck. High Life. First beer, tasty. first beer I ever drank in my life was Miller High Life. And I How got, cold I was, did you get those bastards? Dude, so cold. I put them in. I put them in a bucket of salt water so they get to <laughs> a little bit below, a little bit below 32. You know, mm-hmm. just a little bit. But I, so I got there. I was like, man, I'm gonna get some. I was like, I'm gonna get some, uh, you know, like a, a variety of Lagunitas was my original plan. Because <laughs> I, I love Lagunitas, it's my favorite craft brewer. They have a really good price point. All their beers are super drinkable. I was like, I was gonna, I'm gonna get four different yeah. six. I'm gonna get four different six packs of Lagunitas. That way, mm-hmm. I can I have a variety of things I I can, you know, I can drink mm-hmm. over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna play video games and drink Lagunitas. I get there, they have Miller High Life at at sixteen ninety nine for a thirty rack with a three dollar rebate. What? I was like, that's thirteen ninety nine. That's illegal. Thirteen ninety nine. That's a low state minimum. <laughs> Fucking bought that shit. I was like, heck yeah, <laughs> give it to me, give it to oh me. Oh my god. They had best taste. For for like fifteen ninety nine or three dollars, all the Miller all the Millers had a three dollar rebate on them. God, the little sluts, little sluts, Miller sluts. I was getting all up in. So what I did was I sat down with thirty fucking Miller High Lives, and Pringles were on sale for a dollar fifty a fucking tube. Oh my god! Four cans of Pringles, thirty Miller High Lives. I sat there. I played Fallout for four days. Three days straight, eating Pringles, drinking Miller High Life. Survived on nothing but Pringles and Miller High Lifes. Uh, no, for dinner the first night I had I I cooked a steak and mac and cheese, and then uh, the second night was probably all Pringles. I don't know. There was a lot of Miller High Life that was happening at that point because I got up like super early the next day. I was like, man, I'm gonna get so much fallout in. I'm gonna wake mm-hmm. up at like 7 a.m. and I just started jamming. I was I cracked my first beer open by like 8:30 a.m. I was like, "Fuck it, who needs who needs tea when you've got Miller High Life?" Dude, when your wife's not there, you start cracking cold ones at 8:30. I put a I put a fucking chair two and a half feet from my TV and was just prop propped my te- my feet up on the on the TV stand. Sat there and just crushed Miller High Life. The thing the the thing was by like day two. I was peeing every 11 minutes. Oh, that fuck, was, yeah. It was you bad news pause bears. it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was bad news bears. So, like, I it, it got to a point where I, you know, I crushed a 32-ounce uh, uh, Powerade, uh, Powerade Zero, you know, I can't, can't have that sugar. Crushed a 32-ounce Powerade, and then I just fucking would pee in that shit as I would play Fallout, and then once it filled up, 32 ounces worth of piss, I'd go dump it out, pee again, and I then, then I'm ready for another, like, 44 ounces worth of piss. Dude, I'll be honest, your experience sounds every bit as good as my experience. It was the greasiest that is one, greasy. it was the greasiest one man experience you can possibly put together. That is greasy. Was, and you definitely so didn't have your shirt on for some of this. Dude, you, dude, you act like I had any clothing on. Come on. <laughs> dude, I was no. I was sitting there buck naked with my penis with my penis plugged into a thirty two ounce Powerade <laughs> bottle. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I wasn't I was like I was gonna hold that shit there. No, I need both hands to play Fallout. I just fucking plug that shit in there. Let 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 it leak. Oh, fuck. Let it leak. 
no, oh, none of that happened. That's not, not true. That's, that's false. That's all, all false. No, but that definitely kind of happened. Um, all right, Vince. Well, let's. Uh, <laughs> we both obviously had awesome Fourth of July weekends in the grossest possible way. Uh, oh, yeah. Wait, hold on a sec, Ben. This is something I need to talk to you about in terms of Fourth of July weekend. Before we move on to view from the nosebleeds, Vince, a- approximately how many pictures of people's children, hot dogs, cheeseburgers, or fireworks did you see this weekend on Instagram? <sighs> I can I can remember like probably three or four extremely notif- noticeable posts that I thought to myself, "Yep, this is how I weed out my friends," because the people that posted those, I already had a little inclination that maybe I, they shouldn't be my friends, or maybe I shouldn't be following them because they're boring and lame as fuck. And I remember thinking, "Yep, that's the deciding factor." See, but there, I mean. Here's my thing. Here's my thing, Vince. I wanna I wanna be able to follow my friends, right? Like I wanna be able to follow my friends on Instagram. But at the same time, like <sighs> holidays are the worst when it comes to Instagram. Because oh, they bring out the worst in people. It doesn't matter what holiday it is, you're gonna have to see all their nephews, all their nieces, all their children, all their cousins, all the food that we're all eating at the same time. Like we get it, we're all eating hot dogs. We're all eating cheese. A We're picture of food and a picture food. of fireworks are I can absolutely not tolerate it. Now, I, what I can tolerate is a nice picture if you're with your family, like a nice, like a good picture that it's actually a really good picture with a good background, and you edit it and you take some time to post it. Not some stupid selfie that you take with like your fucking parents. Can't. I don't. I don't. I don't honestly mind any of it. It's the. It's the cataclysm that is everyone posting all this shit all at once right like if it was if it was a birthday and somebody was like oh hey it's my mom's birthday and it was just a random wednesday and it was just a random picture that somebody took with their parents I'm like oh that's that's nice but when it's fourth of july and everyone's posting this shit it's fucking exhausting so here's vince you know i'm a solutions oriented person right and i have i've been talking about this solution to this problem Four years, and now I'm going to expose it to the nosebleed section audience, and we're going to make it happen. Everybody, get on your get on your fucking horn, get on your phone, get on your get on your computer, get on Facebook. Let's I cannot all, wait for this. Let's all contact Mark Zuckerberg because this is a beautiful solution to this problem. You and and you and I, this is particularly beautiful for for guys like us because you and I love the memes, right? We love the memes. Mm-hmm. Love the, need, memes, the, you need, you, you, the memes, the memes, the memes, the memes, and the pep, pepes, the, yes. the memes, the however, the, the Miamis, whatever you want to call them. They, they need to create an option within Instagram where you can create separate feeds, right? So, like, you swipe to the left, you have your main news feed that's everybody you follow. Swipe to mm-hmm. swipe to the left, you can create a feed that's just your friends. You can create a feed that's just your memes. You can create a feed that's just it's just celebrities. Pages. That's just, just sports. sports pages you follow. Create a meme that's just celebrities you follow. Create a meme that's just fucking sunglasses or shoes or fucking music or movies. Like this is the most this is the most brilliant fucking idea, and I can't believe that Instagram is not already doing it. It would perfect, it would perfect. so this is your solution in what way? If you don't want to see these stupid pictures, you can only look at the feed of the things you choose. So okay, so. 
you know what's the most annoying about everything everything that you have to see on the, on July 4th or Christmas or Thanksgiving you can't avoid it is is that it's all of your it's all the people you know so you put all those yeah. pe- like like people I know you put them all in one feed and then when I'm trying to find my memes on right. July 4th I don't right. have You're to through and find me scroll through 138 of my friends posting pictures yeah. of their nephew Garbage. holding a sparkler, I don't have to do that. I can just right. scroll over to my memes feed, bam, all my memes. And if I'm feeling like I want to cut my wrist, I can scroll back over to my friends my friends feed and look at all of their stupid nieces and nephews lighting sparklers up. All right. Snakes the work the workaround the workaround solution for this is you just have other accounts. Right, and you only follow the things you want on those accounts. No, you see, but that's so that's stupid. That's not as that's good as so stu- that's no, not that's as so stupid. That's what you're saying. It's not as good as what you're saying, but it is. Some, it is a workaround. It that is. See, that's that's a whole fucking that's a whole fucking <laughs> different animal. Vince, come on, man. I, I, you, what you're saying I is just, much, 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 much. I just better. came up with the best idea, and you're fucking undercutting it with your bullshit. No, 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 no. Right? It's really good. It's really, really good. See, but no, but I, now, I, now you just gave think, now you just gave Mark Mark Zuckerberg an out. You just gave him an out. He's like, whoa, I guess that Vince guy's right. You could probably just create other accounts. Fuck that shit. No, fuck that. And, no way. If he, if he hears an idea as gold as this, you kidding me? He's definitely he's definitely taking this. I mean, yeah, that's kind of his move. Steal good ideas. Yeah. So, yeah that guy's I, not passing up a good idea from someone else. I've been saying this for years, man. All you need, oh, built on all you need is the opportunity to create alternate feeds. That's it. Just create feeds. You can do it's not it's very simple. Very simple programming. That's all. That's all. Um so Vince, how fucking hungover were you after Fourth of July? Dude, my most hungover was Monday. It was Monday. Because that was after Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But that was also after a booze cruise that we did on Sunday. So I was absolutely lit. And a couple of us didn't have dinner. and Instead, we just went straight to the bar. Yeah, so who needs to, who Monday needs to was eat sure when you can drink, right? You can drink those calories. Yeah. Who needs to eat? Yeah, yeah dude. So all right, well, I literally laid on the couch all day. All right, and uh, it, so rumor has it you laid on the couch all day and watched the Tour de France. And here's the thing, Vince: none, none of our none of our listeners listeners have seen any of the Tour de France. I haven't seen Fuck the Tour no. de France. But view from the nosebleeds, Vince. What's your view from the nosebleeds on the Tour de France so far, man? Give us give us your exclusive review. Are we doing Are we doing a custard or pudding on this? Uh, well, I want to give I want to get your review first, and then you can give me custard right. or pudding. My review is. I saw it was on. I was like hesitant to put it on, hesitant to put it on, hesitant to put it on. So I didn't put it on. Turn, put something else on. Then I walk out of the room, and then one of the Aussies who fucking knew everything about what the Tour de France is. I have a very general idea, but he actually knew like the details. Had put it on. So mm-hmm. I sat down and I watched it, and I was really into it. Really, really, really into it. Like it was actually really fun to watch. Like once you just sit down and and actually give it a second, like a chance to watch it, it was really fun. But it's only something I'd probably watch. Like I'd watch like one race out of the Tour de France, like one race and maybe another one that I hear is important. I'd watch that. I'm not going to okay. sit down and watch every stage, but I actually enjoyed watching it. Okay, so and there's a lot more to it than I had realized. Okay, so that sounds like you're going to give us a custard rating. I'm, I'm going to give it a custy. I'm like, going to give it. All right, give it a custard. all right. So like on a scale of on a scale of one to ten. One being totally pudding, ten being totally custy. Where, where are we talking like a seven? I'm, 
I'm going to give it a 7.5 because, for mere, listen, for the mere fact that it only happens once a year. If the fucking Tour de France was happening all the time, like all during, all through the year, it would be stupid. But the fact does that it, it happens once a year, that's cool. That makes it cool. Does it affect you in any kind of way the likelihood that whoever wins it is going to have the title immediately taken away two years from now? <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to go to the 30th person on the list. And actually, fucking, I think it's Contador. I, I think Contador is still racing. Yeah, he might be. He might. I mean, that wouldn't. Vince. I mean, all right. So here's the thing. We're we're doing a view from the nosebleed special edition custard or pudding. I'm gonna give this one thousand percent pudding because nobody cares. Nobody cares. No, you don't. You watched it and you don't. No, no, I don't care. I don't care. What is this? You you watched it and you don't even know if Contador is racing. You think he might be? (laughs) Like that's. That's sort of my point, and uh, and it's as much as I as much as I wish I could care, I don't care because now is this a, fucking, is this a thing where like Americans just don't get it? Is this one it, of those things? It maybe maybe it's one of those things where it's one of those things where everybody in the sport cheats, so I don't care. Like I don't. Maybe maybe I don't get it. But you know what? I don't get NASCAR either, and that's fucking – that's an American sport. I don't get that shit either. I don't. Yep. And so we used to – actually, I would I would love to hear your opinion on this. Just really quick, we got to run through this because we're going to end up doing another two-hour cast that never gets posted. But mm-hmm. um, me and Josh Williams used to have this conversation back in the day before everybody knew Lance Armstrong was a cheater. He used to claim that bicyclists aren't athletes. Are not athletes. Not athletes. Okay. okay. They're just they're just guys who can pedal a machine. Do you think do you think bicyclists are like are are All right. elite yeah. athletes? Are they elite <laughs> athletes or are they just guys who have really good endurance while pumping their legs? So okay. So my description of what I will call an athlete, I have two scales. I have the pure athleticism scale. Right, which is like physical traits and physical athleticism, and I have that on a scale of like doesn't take any athleticism to takes an extreme amount of athleticism, and then I have another scale where it's a skill scale, right. doesn't take that much skill or takes a ton of skill, and I put I put the sport in both of those categories, and if it meets a certain criteria, where like if it's all the way high on the athleticism scale but it's very low on the skill scale, I'll still say it's I'll still say it's a sport and those so those people are athletes right so like track well, and i mean field, yeah okay so i'm so good i'm gonna put like the people in track and field as as a sport as athletes okay and then bowling bowling takes so much skill i'm going to say those people those professional bowlers on the pba at the highest level are athletes so i don't i can't speak for okay him. so i'm going to say definitely him, definitely I, at that level at the tour de france level absolutely athletes i i can't speak for him but I think that Josh would probably rank bowlers ahead of bicyclists in terms of being athletes because it's Why is that? because it's it's more of a skill than it is just a physical feat, you know. What like is it's bowling? Bowling, yes, it requires more skill than yeah. does than than just being a you know being yeah 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 for sure fit, right. So, um, 
And I don't know. We, we One day, hopefully, we'll have Josh Vice on. thing requires a high level of athleticism. And then also, I would say probably at least at least a moderate amount of skill. And what I was noticing when I was watching it, it appears like it could be a high amount of skill. So it could have a high amount of athleticism and a high amount of skill. Well, I mean, anything when it is presented to you as a television program can appear to sure, require sure. a high amount of skill. And I don't understand it, and I cannot say that definitively, but I'm just saying what it looks like. But, but maybe the end of the day though when we we look at when we look at sports it's not in the top i mean i wouldn't put it in the top 10 of sports in terms of skill required right like it's not yeah that could be could be yes that's like i mean definitely, if we let's that's say right no, let's that's say right. let's say the yeah, most let's say the most skill required is baseball or golf something where you have to hit something very specifically let's say maybe it's football maybe it's basketball maybe it's soccer but at any yeah. rate those yeah. five are ahead of it and then you've got rugby then you've got high lie you've got fucking cricket you've got oh there's i mean there's there's a million fucking sports that come ahead of bicycling and yeah 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 that's why i'm saying it's, it's, yeah probably at the uh, moderate at the moderate of it yeah all right but anyway i i understand what you're, i understand what you're saying i Personally, it's just if it wasn't so dirty, if it wasn't the dirtiest sport in the world, which it really is, it's very dirty. Then maybe I'd jump on board. But but you're going I, pudding. I'm going full pudding, man. Like pudding. it's just it's okay. not. It's honestly, it's not anybody's fault other than everybody that has <laughs> fucking failed the test in the past. Like it's if everyone if, that's ever been on that sport, yeah. literally anybody. If literally anybody who had won more than one Tour de France in the past 20 years had had not tested positive for doping, then maybe I'd reevaluate. But they all they all have. They all yeah. Have. Fuck yeah. So yeah. Like, fuck yeah. I mean, I the only don't... thing is like the def- the times are. I, I I don't believe the times are as as fast as they used to be, but that still doesn't mean they're definitely not doing something. Right, but I mean, it's also not like it's not. It's just not, I don't know. Like it's just you. you it's unfair that they. It's sort of like it's sort of like when a uh, college program cheats, and then the the kids that come after have to suffer it. Like I'm sorry, you guys, you guys might not be cheating, but you have to suffer for the fact that your sport has been for the sins of your forefathers. Yeah, your sin, your 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 sport has been filled with cheaters forever. So I get um, that. But you know what, Vince? Speaking of speaking of the. Fourth of July and you getting a bunch of Rona lights. Mm-hmm. You know the the only thing the only thing that might rival best taste in your mind. Let's talk about our good friends down in Austin at the University mm-hmm. of Texas mm-hmm. signing an official sponsor of Corona for their sports teams. This is the first time a college athletics team. Now it's just in the past two three years that uh, that college programs have started selling alcohol at their sports games. Now. University of Texas is going to take the next step where we have a sponsor, and they're going to, they're going to choose Corona. Um, and I'm, I feel like I know your answer, but we're talking well, about University of Texas picking Corona, a, a, a beer from Mexico, as their as their <laughs> official sponsor. But they're not a, they're not a better choice. But they're not a better choice to be made. I mean, like their Shinerbach. 
which is in Texas. There's Lone Star Beer, which is like the most popular beer in Texas. There's Austin Beer Works and Jester King, which are huge craft beers that are in the heart of Austin. Like, and, are there and, better? Are there better choices? Well, that's well, no. Hold on a second. There's another thing I want to let you know. By far, by far, over the past two years that that the Texas Longhorns have been selling beer at their football games, the best seller was Best Tastes Miller Lite. Best by far. Tastes. Oh, by I should far. have seen it's that not, coming. It's not even close. Best Tastes <laughs> by a long shot. Is that because they only had, did they not have Bud Light there? No, they had a bunch of other beers. They had a bunch of other beers available. They had Bud Light, they had Bud, they, uh, they had Bud Light, Budweiser, Corona. You know, you know what they're doing down there. Let me say let me say this, and it's funny that you say our friends down in Texas, mm-hmm. or friends down in Austin, because I'd like to say that our friend down in Austin, yeah, or should I say potentially our former friend, former down friend, in, former friend down in Austin, yeah. There is only one way that he gets back into this friendship, and for everyone that's listening, it's our friend who lives in Austin. He has to Wait, get for everyone in. for everyone who's listening, which does not include him, because almost guaranteed chance which does not, not include him. Someone please let him know that he has to get us into the Corona Beach House. Ah, the, the Corona Austin Beach House for 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 a, for a UT football game. Yes, that would be delightful, and if he can pull that off, and if he happens to listen to this podcast, maybe maybe, maybe we consider. can consider we consider reindoctrinating him into the friend zone. But you know what? Right now, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Yao. He's claims claims to be my best friend. But you know what, Vince? You're my best friend. You know what? Yao Yao will never hear this. So who, who, what do I care? He 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 was my best man. You're my best man, Vince. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Recognize, dude. Dude, you can't you can't say that you're your best friend without listening to an episode of the nosebleed section podcast. Not a single episode. We've had, we've had eight previous episodes over like three months. Hasn't listened to a GD one. His excuses, excuses ranged from couldn't find it. Didn't have a link, which didn't have a link. It's fucking on my Facebook. So that's weird. You post them all on your Facebook. That's weird. Um, then it was, well, you know, I like to binge stuff. I blame it on millennials and Netflix. Word for word, that's what he said. I blame it on the millennials and Netflix. I said, this is sports talk. You yep. just were you were just talking to me about how you love Ryan Rossillo. Do you wait every three months to binge Ryan Rossillo episodes? No. I can't don't. listen to a Ryan Rossillo that's one day old. That's, I can't it, do it. it. Can't I can hardly listen to a Ryan Rossillo that's four <laughs> hours old. Like he's he exhausts me at this he's point. He's becoming insufferable slightly. He really is. Sure. He really now is. That, ever, ever since it's just, just his himself. name attached to his show, ever since it's just his name attached to his show, he's he's long so, arms his co host. He does all the time. And and not only that, he like he gets exhausted by anybody who says anything and that disagrees with him. He's like, mm, I know. That's, he's like that's annoying. That's I'm annoying. Like, you're one of those you guys, guys are all you guys are all fucking stupid. I'm obviously smarter than all of you. This is annoying. We're gonna move on to the next segment. Fuck this shit. No, he's he is he's become very well. annoying. He's become sure. but all right. So there's one other thing on this subject that I want to bring up because I find it hilarious. Uh, if anybody if anybody out there is listening knows Yao Kandu Ajimeng, if you can pronounce his name and spell it, find him, tell him to listen, and then maybe he can join back in the friend zone. But 
So Texas A&M heard about Texas signing Corona on as a sponsor, and their the the chancellor of Texas A&M, John Sharp, he had a comment on it, and he said, "Our athletic program has not reached the point where we require the numbing effects of alcohol." So he is throwing oh, oh, mad yeah. shade at UT. He's throwing mad shade at UT, which I respect. Well, but at the your same alumni, time, your alumni do though. Your alumni yes. do. Your former yes. players do. At this, I was just going to say, at the same time, Johnny Manziel is much more likely to go hang out, hang out at the Corona Beach House at UT <laughs> than he is to go go see a fucking Texas A&M, fucking A&M game because A&M they're going to be garbage yeah. next year anyway. So Seriously. the question that remains in the special edition of you from the nosebleed, custard or pudding, is, Cor- is Corona signing on with UT? Is that custard or is that pudding, Vince? Custard times a bazillion trillion million. Bazillion trillion custard. I'm gonna agree. One trillion bazillion million custards. Custards. All the custard. All the custard available. All right, Vince. We're gonna move on to the next topic. You from the nosebleeds. We've got a we got a fight that happened. Manny Pacquiao Mm -hmm. had a fight. Manny Pacquiao versus what was his name? Joe Horn. I don't, I don't even name. know his fucking first name. Anyways, this Australian guy, his last name is Horn. <laughs> I thought his name is Joe Horn. But uh, we can Sounds we, right. We can find out. Um, but anyways, so this fight happened, and they played it on uh, on ESPN. <clears throat> and everybody was very upset after this fight came to an end. It was in... Oh, Jeff Horn. I knew Jeff Horn. Jay. Uh <clears throat> I knew it started with Jay. Everybody, everybody was very upset after this fight came to an end mm-hmm. because Jeff Horn was uh, uh, declared the unanimous victor, and um, Teddy Atlas and Stephen A. Smith both lost their friggin' minds about it, saying that this is sort of why boxing is broken. And uh, the government of the Philippines now is calling for a review from the World Boxing Organization over the officiating and the scoring. Um and actually, there's been a lot of criticism towards Freddie Roach, uh, Manny Pacquiao's uh, corner, you know, his his, his coach, uh, for not shouting out, you know, different things that Jeff Horn was doing, like putting in, putting Pacquiao in headlocks and things like that uh, throughout the fight. And uh, and now there's this controversy that exists. Now we have spent time talking about actually I think I think that, that might most of the most of the conversations we had might be in the archives because we didn't post that episode but we spent time talking about the health and wellness of boxing mm-hmm. um, you know what's your view from the nosebleeds on the result this did you, did you see the fight if not, I, have you, have you I seen didn't the watch the fight, the fight? I watched highlights from I, it I woke up I woke up to the Aussies in our house like Oh, no way, May. No way he fucking won, May. Like, someone greased up the judges for sure. Uh, so, yeah. fucking, I, I mean, I watch the highlights, and it, I, I just see Pacquiao, like, fucking up Horn for most of the fight. Horn getting in some blows at the end. And then I've got Twitter. My Twitter is mostly MMA and UFC stuff. So, by mm-hmm. nature of that, I obviously get a lot of boxing talk that comes around like comes on my feed so i'm just scrolling through twitter the whole morning and i'm just seeing people like bullshit decision no way blah 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 so from what i can see it it seems like nobody seems to agree with this result it seems like bullshit so um so that leads to the question custard or pudding 
I feel like I know. The judging appears to be putting this government Philippines calls for review of the officiating. That's custard. Yeah, that is custard. I agree. And um, and let's let's be honest. It was a fight in Australia with an Australian yeah. underdog who won. Like it's there's something fishy about that. So oh. so like the result seems to be fairly pudding, uh. but. But, like, if, if the WBO is actually going to go back and look at this, and, I mean, I don't, I, I really feel like this can't be that hard. Look, it can't at, be at that hard to go back and, and, and score a fight and decide who, you know, you know what? who wins the most punches win, right? Like, even if they don't overturn the decision, at least they could give an explanation of why Jeff Horn won. Yeah. To be honest, that's all I need. I need a round-by-round round explanation of why the scoring was the way it was. Because it's I also okay. remember hearing that some of the rounds were just absolutely absurd. Like, absolutely absurdly scored. I, like, like, so, like, one judge scored at 117-111 or something. Yeah, a female judge from America. Yeah, a female American judge. I read that. And uh, she's, getting ripped apart. she's getting ripped apart right now. So, like, it just seems very... It seems... It, something about it seems, seems off. So I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call the score of the fight pudding. I'm gonna call the request for for an uh, investigation. I'm gonna decision. call that shit custard. I'm gonna call it custard, and then um, yep. you know, we don't really know enough to speak much more on it until until time goes by and we see what comes comes to play. So let's move on to the next view from the nosebleeds, and let's talk about. Uh, uh, I actually find this fascinating because I'm married. And mm-hmm. the, that plays into this topic. Rory mm-hmm. McIlroy has a self-imposed Twitter ban, and uh, it's because of Steve Elkington, which, in my mind, I I partially find annoying and I partially find hilarious because I spent a lot of today looking at Steve Elkington's Twitter feed, and this dude is he's a very total, active on Twitter, right? He's a total and complete golf Twitter troll. He trolls people all the time on Twitter, and he's just waiting for people to, like, he's waiting for people to make his name relevant by responding to him. Rory finally did. And I I went through his whole, he's super active on Twitter. He's tweeting all the time about every golf event that's happening. And he went, so hold on, maybe really, 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 really quick. Let's give some context to this. Because Roy McIlroy put him put himself in a self-imposed Twitter ban because of what he responded to Steve yes. Elkington. So okay, right. so I'm about to give, I'm about to give the whole context. So so Steve Elkington, um, during the uh, during the U.S. Open, called Rory he said called Rory McIlroy bored because he has a hundred million dollars and the threshold without Tiger is four four majors that a person can win because of the amount of money that a player that a player makes now. And Rory responded by saying, more like $200 million. <laughs> and, and then Steve Elkington responded saying, oh, I knew you were about the money. Jack won 18 and all he ever made was $5 million. So Rory has since, since said, you know, like I, I typed that tweet out probably five different times and deleted mm-hmm. it before I finally sent it. And then afterwards I felt so bad I gave – I gave my wife my phone, told her to tw- change my Twitter password, and and not tell me what it is. So now, anything that gets posted on Rory McIlroy's t- Twitter, we can assume that either he didn't say it or he said it and his wife had approval over it. So, <laughs> right. so uh, Vince, is that is that custard or is that pudding? 
<laughs> well, there's there's a kind of a two-parter here. The self let's just go with the self-imposed Twitter ban with no context. I sort of like, is this like the LeBron, you know, no social media this is ban? Not zero dark thirty twenty three. This is not zero dark thirty twenty three. This is not a zero dark thirty like no post of La Familia. No, this is, like this is, I got this is I got trolled by a guy who won one major thirty years ago, and now I'm embarrassed. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let my wife keep me from tweeting for two months, and he's probably gonna take back over his account. <laughs> That's what that's what's actually happening. That's that's actually what it is. There, uh, it, theoretically, he might not have ever even actually given his wife his phone and told her to change. This might just be something he's saying so that it so that he can seem like he. So I'm I'm going full putting on this, and and here's another thing to add to it. What he responded to, to Steve Alkinton was like his, like some of his accomplishments, right? Yeah, I think he, he well he said he said more like. He said, he said more like 200 mil, and there's more where that came from. And then he gave a screenshot of his Wikipedia page yeah, that okay. showed all the, all of the things that he's won. And here's the thing. That's something that you can respond to, to someone that never won anything, but is, like, trying to troll you. Right. Here's and, the thing. So Steve Elkington, Elkington did win one major. He won a couple tournaments himself. He won a major. One, yeah. No, 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 I'm just saying. He won a major. He won, he won like, the yeah. Players' Championship a couple times, won some other tournaments. He wasn't, right. like, a complete loser. Right. Like, he was a decent. Player. I mean, he's let's let's, let's let's like Davis Love the third, right? Like like he's but, like a Davis Love the third. Okay, but let's also let's also take a second to review other things that Steve Elkington has said on Twitter. Now, I see. I don't have that context, which is making which is which is okay. making the uh, so so one time, time, so one time a few years ago, a helicopter crashed in Ireland into a bar, and Steve Elkington said, "Helicopter crashes into pub in Ireland. News break: No beer was spilled." Uh, people yeah, died. Point. He is that's, a fucking yeah. troll. Like he, that's a real. That's real funny. He is a tr- all. He, he doesn't. He, he doesn't really have any filter into what he says. All he's looking for is responses, and he knows what he's. He knows what he's doing. McElroy, McElroy either needs to say that shit and then just be like, "Fuck you, Steve Alkington," and like not be not be afraid to confront him and go at like just keep this Twitter beef going. Or he just needs to not say it. See, I don't mind that he said it. I don't mind that he banned himself either. Um, but um, uh, he also he also made he, he also made homophobic uh, allegedly homophobic remarks about Michael Sam, the gay the gay football player who came out into the draft a few years ago. Steve Augustin? Um, yes, he's. He got kicked out of a tournament in 2006 because he he wore metal spikes, and the tournament said he can't wear metal spikes. They had to wear soft spikes, and he said, well, I'm allowed to wear metal spikes in the U.S. Open next week, so why can't I wear metal spikes now? And they were like, well, it's a different tournament. And he was like, well, fuck that. So he went out with metal spikes, and they kicked him out. Like, he's just an idiot. Like, he's just an idiot. Like, Steve, I, so here's the thing. I I kind of respect Steve Elkington for being what he is. Like, I, I can respect a troll that commits to their role, you know? Like, I can respect a troll mm-hmm. who who is just like, I'm gonna just be an idiot and get people riled up for the sake of getting people riled up and getting my name out there. Mm-hmm. I kind of think that's what Steve Elkington is doing. But I can also respect Rory McIlroy for reacting to a troll 
in a in what I think is a perfectly reasonable way. Like I I think him saying more like 200 mil and then uh, having a screenshot of all the tournaments he's won is fine, especially when he's coming off like mad injuries. And everybody's everybody's had a reason why Rory hasn't won since he won two in one year, won two majors in one year. I think pretty sure he won the British Open and then the PGA Championship back to back. Swing, yeah, swing change, club change. It got you know was dating what's her face yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the tennis got player. engaged yeah got engaged to the tennis player. Then they broke up. Then he hurt his back. Then he hurt his shoulder. Whatever. I mean, like I can. There's all sorts of reasons why people think that Rory isn't what Rory could have been. But the idea that Rory was ever going to be Tiger is insane. So, like, the, the, the idea that he's, you know, Rory's won multiple, multiple majors. I think he's got four, at least three. I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, he should have just, he should just owned, he should have just owned the tweet. I agree. He should have just owned the tweet, but I don't have a problem with him being like, listen, my focus should be on golf. Not on these stupid things that trolls say to me. Yeah, he's got, he's got, but, but he's got four matches. He's won the PGA twice. He's won the. He did both. That he said it and banned himself. If he had just said it, it'd be fine. If he had just banned himself, it would be fine. The fact is, he said it then banned himself. Well, I think is that not putting? That's what's putting for me. Okay, so here's okay, so here's where we differ because I'm married and you're not. Mm -hmm. I think, and also I think, okay, this is what I think is actually happening. Uh, I think that I think that Rory is trying to recover some of his public image, and in in a post in a post Tiger being a sex addict serial cheater world, giving your wife control of your Twitter and saying, "Listen, I'm going to focus on golf. She can decide what what I can and cannot tweet." That is mm-hmm. such a that is such a PR that's such, that is such a PR success. It's not even being chivalrous. It's just a PR success. It's like, look, look. I I realize I was I, even though what I said wasn't really that bad, and people weren't slamming me for what I said. I'm going to I'm going to make a PR move here that makes sure everybody knows that I I am focused on golf, and she can be focused on my my social media. And that, you know, it looks makes him look like because he kind of got slammed after he broke up with what's her face. Wozniacki. Wozniacki. Yep. He kind of got slammed after that. And this this is this is a pure PR move. And though it might be pudding, it is also let's let's go with this. Let's go with this. If he plays, if he plays well. It's custard. If he plays poorly, it's pudding. I don't. I. I honestly don't think it matters. I think it's super custard either way. I. I think it's like. I think it's like a smart kind of custard that is. It's like a. It's like a custard pudding layer, where like. <laughs> where like. Like he did a custard, then he did a pudding, then he did a pudding, then the custard, and then another. Well, pudding. no, like so, like custard. So like the bottom, the bottom of the bowl might be pudding, but there's so much custard on top that you're not going to realize. Until you until you dig through it, you know. <laughs> like I feel like that's sort of what we're, um, we're, all right. It's it's like it's there's. there's I'm going a, pudding uh, with a chance with an opportunity to change my answer if he if he if you, he wins. You're going back. you're going pudding with a chance of custard, and I'm going I'm going I'm going custard with some latent pudding late in the afternoon. <laughs> okay, if we're doing weather reports. <laughs> you're, 
putting you're doing putting 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 with a with a low chance of custard, and I'm mm-hmm. doing I'm doing custard with potential pudding showers. <laughs> with so, scattered pudding showers. Scattered pudding showers, exactly. Oh my gosh! Exactly. All right, all right. So, all right. speaking of country club sports, let's talk about the, one of my favorite stories that has come out lately, which is Neil Medvedev. So he, good. He had he had some rough calls go against him in his uh, in his match at Wimbledon. So after he lost, him he goes and he shakes he shakes hands with the uh, with the chair ump. But then he goes back to his bag. He pulls his wallet out and and does the most European thing you can possibly do. Instead of pulling out paper money, he pulls out fucking coins. Fucking coins. And starts hucking them at the foot of the chair ump's uh, uh, his like stand. So, Vince, this is a controversial controversial custard or pudding matchup. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. is throwing is throwing change. <laughs> What could theoretically be changed that's worth like twenty, thirty, forty bucks? I don't know because he's a European. Who knows what that money's worth? Is that is that custard or is that pudding? I'm going full on custard because it makes no sense, but I'm definitely going to use it. Like the next time anyone does something dumb around me or says something dumb, I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep change in my pocket, which I don't do currently. And I'm gonna throw it at them. Just fucking nickels, dude. It's just gotta be fucking nickels. just throw it at them. It's gotta be yeah, nickels. Be nickels. It'd be nickels. But, so, so here's where I, when I initially heard this story, story I was like, 110% custard, so custard, such a custard thing to do. But then I heard his like reactions in the press conference, and he was like, oh yeah, like I just made a stupid. decision. He doesn't know why he did it. I just made a stupid decision, and then this and that, and then a reporter was like, well. You need to un- like you understand that the context of why of, of you doing that means someone's paying you're in- off. You're insinuating that the other the other person paid off the umpire, and he's like, "Oh no, no, no! I don't, I don't think that. I just, I just made a dumb mistake." Which I, I kind of want to be like, "All right, well, well dodged," but at the same time, like that's sort of a that's sort of a pudding excuse. For something, <laughs> for something really custard that you did, but I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him a custard nod because it's just kind of badass. It really is. I think and, I want to I want to believe that it's just a dumb fucking thing that a European does that we just won't understand. No, I but can't, I want to understand. No, I can't buy that. I want to start doing. It. I can't buy that. I can't buy that. I cannot buy that. Now, do you? Oh, oh, this is this is completely separate, and this is a totally custard move. Even though um, we're, it wasn't on the rundown. Do you know who Nick Kyrgios is? Mm-mm. He's a tennis player who has. He's a he's a young tennis player who's sort of up and coming, but he has a reputation for for being a just a bad sportsman. Um, and about seven eight months ago, he literally quit in the middle of a match that he was in and was lobbing up returns for people to score oh, points yeah, on him. Oh, yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So um, so he entered into Wimbledon, and then he withdrew right after his match started, saying he was injured. And then he was recorded out later that night just getting absolutely <laughs> slammered in London with two 18-year-old models that are super oh, yeah. famous in London right now. 
and it is about the most custard move you can pull. And because <laughs> he got because he got his entrance fee for showing up, right? He got his entrance fee for oh, showing up. Oh yeah, okay, okay, through, okay. Through a huge party and to then go spend was, that that night. <laughs> and then was making out with an eighteen-year-old English custard. model. Custard. So custard. Um, I actually really hated Nick Kyrgios before this went down, but now I kind of, I kind of, I'm like, all right, dude. I'm on board. You're a little cussy. You're a little more cussy than I get you. I'm on board. All right. Final view from the nosebleeds. Um, let's talk about, uh, my guy, just because he's gangly and I love him, Clayton Kershaw. Um, he's pitching Sunday, which is two days before the All-Star game. And he is having about one of the best seasons you can have, which is about his fifth consecutive regular season of having about one of the best seasons you can have. Right. And, uh, but because he's pitching Sunday, and that's two, day, two days before the All-Star game, that means he's not going to be able to pitch in, in the All-Star game, which he definitely would have started had the, had the starts aligned on different days. Um, now, a lot of people are pretty, pretty butthurt about this, and I don't know if it's as big of a deal as people are trying to make it, um, so Vince, is Clayton Kershaw not being able to start in the all-star game? Is that custard or is that pudding or is it indifferent? It's okay. Could, could he theoretically go out and throw an inning? Uh, let's say he pitched a pretty full game on, on two days rest. I don't, I mean, yes, theoretically. Sure. It probably could be a good idea, right? Sure. He could, but, it, but yeah, it's probably not a good idea for, for the sake of his arm, because pitchers, just because in modern day baseball pitchers get hurt so often. And now help me here. Does someone get to take his place then? Like, okay, so a starter. I, yes, I do play, believe somebody. Then, yes, then, I do believe somebody gets to take. Yes, and it will most likely be Alex Wood, who is a pitcher for the Dodgers, who is ten and zero this season, mm. and and he will most likely replace Kershaw as the starter for the all-star game and somebody will fill his spot on the roster. So that is to my knowledge, that is what will happen now. And Alex Wood and Clayton Kershaw are something like 36 and four in their combined last 40 starts for the Dodgers. Like they are on friggin' fire right now. So So, correct me if I'm wrong here, but this is nothing to do with Clayton Kershaw making a decision on this. No, no. Clayton Kershaw it's is just, not making this decision. It's okay. just a so matter, it like, it's it's not literally like, just it's, a matter of timing. And okay. it's it's a matter of timing of Clayton Kershaw's next start and the the um the Dodgers saying no, he's not gonna be available to pitch. Okay. But I also don't think that Clayton Kershaw would choose to pitch in the all I don't think he would. He started the really? All Star game I he started the All Star game like four straight years. What does he do it a yeah. fifth time for? I don't. I yeah. Neither custard nor pudding for me. All right, and, and and I also think this would be different if the Dodgers were in a position like the Astros are or like the Nationals are, where they have a ridiculous lead in their division. But the Dodgers right. only have a, despite how well despite the Dodgers, a, despite playing well, yeah. The Dodgers are on fire right now. They still only have a four and a half game lead, which is at 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 the halfway mark is not it's nothing. That can, that yep. can vanish. That can vanish in, in a week's time. So, um, I I don't know. I don't think it's custard or pudding. To be honest, I'm I, I'm I would go indifferent on this. I think it's just. I think it's. I I feel like it's circumstance. I'm with you. I'm with so, you. 
I'm but with that, you. that leads us straight into uh, the, the what I, I what I want to do. You know, you know, I love yeah, baseball. Dude. I know you love baseball, but I know you also don't get get hyped up for baseball until we get later on in the season. So Vince, mm-hmm. are you are you me... finally ready to yeah. just like to, to like bend over and fuck some baseball? Like, are you ready to bang some baseballs? Yep. Here's the thing. And I was trying to think about this, or, or I was thinking about this. When we were younger, remember when we, in the, like in the summer, when we would just loop Sports Center? It would just be like Sports yeah. Center, yeah. fucking Sports, Sports Center. Sports Center was completely different, like, man. It was a different yeah. time. It was just, it was just looping Sports Center all, yes, all summer long, right? Yes, and sir. all there was at, at that point, or all that we paid attention to for sure, was, was baseball. Baseball highlights, man. It was baseball right? highlights. So I was, and, in they, and they would show, baseball. and they would show, they would show like three minute highlights of every baseball game that happened each night. Fuck yeah. Fuck was, yeah. yeah, that was those were the those that was the heyday of Sports Center for sure. Yep. So that now, was, like, that's when men were men, and Sports Center was Sports Center. So now I don't do that. I don't have the opportunity to do that. So I'm so so severely out of touch with well, baseball unless I seek it out. And unfortunately, and, Sports know. Center doesn't do that anymore either. They don't play all the, all the highlights of all the games anymore. Oh, well, um, no, 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 no. But. Um, my my thing that I like to listen to is that Buster Olney does a podcast every day that he recaps he recaps with audio highlights every game the night before. So that's mm, my that's my new jam, Buster Olney. Buster Olney's Baseball Tonight podcast. He usually does two a day. One of them is him recapping all the games before, and then the other one is him and Nick Carabell doing you know, just talking about baseball topics. But one of them is just highlights, all the highlights, all the audio highlights from the night before of who won, who hit home runs, who struck out a bunch of people, and every, in, individual, in each individual game. They're great. Well, in between uh, the Tour de France, <laughs> UFC 213, UFC 214, May- Mayweather-McGregor, and uh, oh, Canelo coming up. Yeah. I will be balls deep in some baseball. Yeah, definitely. So how about we do this? How about we go over Scott's preseason predictions oh, and do a, little, do a little update of where we're at right now? I'm going to be honest with you. I've, I've said many times on this podcast that I have an impressive ability to be wrong, and I, <laughs> and I, was, I, did, not, I did not fail to be wrong. In my preseason predictions, but let's go ahead and go back over. I'll, them be, just so- I'll be honest. There's oh God. There cannot be anything more difficult than making base MLB preseason predictions, and All I feel right, like so I'm not doing too bad. I did okay. Um, the thing is that just about every single one where I'm wrong, I'm really wrong, and uh, and the ones that I'm right, I'm like sort of right, and then there's a couple right. where I'm close, but I'm not quite right yet. Uh, right. But yeah, let's did, go over them. Let's go over. Them. Hit American League. Let's do American League East. Right. We got got a, we got. Well, it was a really close race between the Red Sox and the Yankees, right? Tied. Yankees yep. were leading for a while, tied, and now we got Red Sox four games up with Yankees in second place. And All I right. was I was impressed by that Yankees decision. I felt like you went out on a, a little bit of a limb. Right. Um, right. So yeah, I definitely um, I definitely went out on a limb. That was one of my bolder bolder picks was the Yankees. And I'm feeling good with the Yankees just four games back. Like that, a lot can change in the second half. So I can still that can still come out in my favor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when I picked the Yankees, it was because after last year they they went young, and they even though they went young, they did, still did 
pretty well for themselves, and they had good chemistry over the the length of the season after they after they kind of started to dump their dump their roster. They got rid of Andrew Miller. They got rid of a lot of people, and um, part of the reason why I also thought they were going to finish first is because I thought Boston and Toronto were going to fall on their faces. I was right fifty percent there because Toronto is garbage. They were literally liquid melting garbage. But Boston mm-hmm. is playing pretty well right now. But also the reason why I picked the Yankees because I cannot pick Boston or Toronto. I don't like those teams. So um so yeah, I Now what I, I can't remember is if and I and I highly doubt it, but we seeing Aaron Judge, you know, play like a fucking MVP at the moment. Aaron Judge had nothing to do with my initial pick. Uh, as a matter of fact, Aaron Judge leading into the season, we weren't even—I mean, we weren't even sure he was going to—he was going to play the yeah. starting roster. I mean, he 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 played last year, but he only played—I I think he played 44 games, something like that—and he he struck out more. He struck out more than he hit got base hits. Like he he was just a strikeout machine. But what he's doing now is he's still striking out. Striking, he's on pace for 201 strikeouts, but he's also on pace to hit 50 home runs and to bat 330. And no one has ever, and no one has ever batted over 275 and gotten 200 strikeouts. What he's doing, because people don't, people his size are not normally very good hitters. When you see somebody who's six seven in baseball, usually they're a pitcher. You don't see a lot of six seven batters, six five maybe six four see some big guys up at the plate but six seven the strike zone's too big it's just you you're too unwieldy you don't you don't you don't fit the, the the game right but his swing is so compact it's so smooth it's ken griffey-esque and according to tim kirkchen and buster Olney, he hits the ball when he hits the ball so hard that people can't catch it he, he doesn't. That's why his batting average is so so high. He hits a bunch of home runs because he hits the ball hard. He gets a bunch of base hits because he hits the ball hard. The ball gets where it's going so quickly. Fuck yeah, dude! I feel like we need to have a segment that just recaps Aaron Judge's home runs since the last time we had a podcast. He's so he's so nasty, and and I have I have been talking about Aaron Judge since like our first or second podcast. I said there. I said in whatever podcast it was, and there was a chance he was going to hit 50 home runs, and it seemed ridiculous at the time. But you know what? He's on, he's on pace to do it. Not only, not only is he on pace to do it, he's on pace to be the, the third rookie ever to win the MVP. He's an, he's, not only is he an MVP candidate, he is the definitive MVP front runner, runner right now. Yeah. He is, he is in, he's number three in the AL in batting average. He's number one in the AL in home runs. He's number one in the AL in uh, RBI, which means he has a chance to win the triple crown as a rookie. He has a chance to win the triple crown as a rookie. And not only is he number one in the AL, in, in or number one or number two in the AL in all these categories, he's number two in all of baseball, or no, yeah, he's number two in all of baseball in home runs, and he's number two in all of baseball in, in RBIs. He is just—he's just dominating plate right now. You are—you are sucking his dick real hard right now. I can't—I can't help it, dude. He's so good. He—he he, <laughs> and he looks—he is he, really good. He's fucking good. He looks yeah. sort of like—he looks sort of like like the the slightly slow stepbrother of Blake Griffin. 
Like he looks. <laughs> he does. He looks. Yeah, he looks like the slow Blake Griffin. Yeah, cousin. he's like, oh god, hello, my name is Jake Griffin. <laughs> no, it's Aaron Judge, but still. So, uh, all right. But he, he's a monster. He's a fucking monster, and he shouldn't be able to hit the ball as well as he does because tall guys well, don't do that well in the base. In, in well, let's, M- MLB, let's but. jump down then. Let's jump down to the wild card where the Yankees and yeah. Right. So so the the current wild card standings are the Yankees, Yankees and the Royals, like you said. Um, I picked the Red Sox and the Mariners. So. I mean, we're sort of gonna not. Uh, well, yeah. Like, I kind I mean, of like if the Red Sox win the East and the Yankees win the Wild Card, like at least teams, the, the two teams I picked are gonna make the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the yeah. Mariners definitely are not gonna make the playoffs. That was a uh, that was a go out on a limb kind of pick for me, and I I thought I was that was actually the pick. I actually had pretty pretty good confidence in the Yankees. The Mariners pick was the one where I was like, I think this is going to be right, and I'm going to look so cool doing it. Um, and it <laughs> I turns can out, respect that. Turns out I was way wrong. Turns out the Yankees are going to be that that pick. So, yeah. So, well, yeah. one you are right on is our beloved Central with uh, yeah. The thing the good is, old we tribe. we only have we yeah the good old tribe. They only have a half right. game lead, but they they were winning when I stopped right. watching the game today. They were winning the they were winning like five zero when I came up here to start recording this so hopefully that'll put us at least to a full game lead um but i really don't think that the Roy like it was the twins for a long time now it's the royals that we're a half game ahead of i don't think either of those teams are going to keep pace with us to be honest like our 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 lineup is just better our starting pitching is just better and our bullpen is the best in baseball they have the best okay. ERA in baseball. They have the best strikeout percentage in baseball. They're just the, they're just the best bullpen in baseball. And when it comes down to the end of the year, that's what's going to matter is bullpen. It's going to be bullpen. It's going to be it's going to be um, uh, fielding. We don't we don't give up. We're not a team that gives up a lot of errors. Um, I I don't think that there's any chance that anybody. I mean, it might stay close. We we weren't in we weren't exactly in a in the in the best position last year throughout our playoff run. I mean, we were, we didn't have home field advantage in two of the three series that we played and still did all right for ourselves. So, um, I, yeah, I think the Indians are going to be fine. I think that's, that was, that was a pretty obvious pick though, in my mind, at least in the central of the, you know, there's a couple other obvious picks that I believe. So, well, the next, the next in the West, who are the Astros, and basically the Indian, the MVP in the American League is basically the Indians and the Astros show. That one is not looking like you're going to get right. Yeah. Well. All right. So my, the reason why I did not pick the Astros is because people have been picking the Astros. Everyone picked the Astros. But people have been picking the Astros for years. Yeah. For like right. three years, or you know, probably two years. For the past two years, people have been picking the Astros. They're like, ah, the Astros. They're gonna do it. This is the year, and it just, it just never, it never ended up coming to fruition, and the Rangers had won every year. They won 2014, they won 2015, they won 2016, they won every year, they won the past three years, and I was like, all right, somebody, like, dethrone them, dethrone them, if if you want to, if the Astros want to be who they, everyone claims they're going to be, dethrone them. Well, they're officially dethroned. I mean, it's not, 
they don't stand a chance at this point. I'd like to believe that the, that the, the Rangers can maybe make a comeback, especially because I love Mike Napoli and what he did for the Indians last year, but the Rangers Dude. are 17 games behind the Astros, and the Astros have that best record. They have like freaking three M- MVP candidates on the yeah, team. Th- as a matter of fact, it's unfortunate for all three MVP candidates on the Astros because they're going to split so many votes, none of them are going to win MVP. Oh, yeah. Right. All three of those guys. You can't even decide who's going to fucking win it. Yeah, I mean that's why it's gonna be that's why it's probably gonna be Aaron Judge because they're not gonna have to, he's not gonna have to split votes, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, but the Astros, good for them, man. They I I said prove it to me, and they they've proved it. They're doing it, and it's it's. I mean, at this point, it's essentially impossible for them to not make the playoffs, and it's we're only talking about halfway through the year. Every other every other team that we're looking at, except for maybe the Nationals. Every other team could potentially miss the playoffs. The Astros and the Nationals are locked. Well, so I, bro, I'm, I'm going to consider this a three for four. Or maybe I should say a three for five. That's that's fair. That's fair. I'm going to yeah, consider I mean, this a bad. three for five. I guess you're yeah, right. It's not I guess, bad at all. I guess you're right. Three three of the five teams I picked to make the playoffs are probably going to make the playoffs. So I guess that's fair. Yeah. All right. I mean, right. yeah, we'll, right. we'll revisit right before – We'll revisit right before the season ends, but yeah, I'll take three for five. I'm into that. Let's sure. move on to the National League. Let's check out the National League. What we got here? The National League East. We got the Nationals leading, and uh, Woof. another one. Another one of my under the underachieving fucking another dumpster fire Mets. Yeah, that's that's. So when I uh, when I picked the Mets, it was under the assumption that Syndergaard and Degrom and Harvey were all going to be healthy, and they're all just like they're they're all a part of the dumpster fire that is the Mets. Mm-hmm. Um but I when also when I picked the Mets, I said it was a coin flip between them and the Nationals. And I just at the time I was buying more into I was buying more into a uh, a sense of, of team that the Mets I that I thought the Mets had that the Nationals didn't and I was completely wrong. The Nationals actually have that that sense of team, that sense of camaraderie that I look for in a in a team that I think can go distance. And the Nationals, they look like they look like a squad. They're not only they're not only fueled by that teamwork, they're fueled by talent. Mm. They they have so much talent on that team. Between Scherzer and and uh and uh um Strasburg and just I mean they man, they're they're Lineup is great. They're from from first to to right field. They are they are stacked. They are they're just man. They're they're going to be a they're going to be a they're the only team I think that can contend with the Dodgers Dodgers in the West right now. So. Oh yeah, I, mean, I feel like they can definitely contend with the Dodgers. Dude, I mean, again, yeah. Bryce Harper, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Hell I yeah. mean, oh, sure, I mean, how, did, how did I not mention Bryce Harper? I mean, he's. I mean, if there's if there's a and if there's an NL MVP candidate that isn't really Clayton Kershaw right now, because Clayton Kershaw looks like a freaking monster right now. Mm-hmm. But Bryce Harper is that guy. I mean, you know, we'll see. We'll see what Cody Bellinger grows into. But it's the man. The Nationals. The Nationals are a force to be. Right, the Nationals scare me right now. The Nationals look like the Cubs looked like last year. Well, speaking of the Cubs, let's go to the Central. And this is my favorite story in sports. 
right now with the Brewers leading the Cubs three and a half games back and no Cub from last year's World Series team making the All-Star game. All-Star game. Oh, the That's friggin' the best Cubs. story in So right it's now. funny to me that that's your favorite story because the team leading the Central is the Milwaukee Brewers, which come from like your least I know. favorite state of I know. all states ever. Like of all 50 states, I'm pretty sure Wisconsin's your Wisconsin least favorite. Wisconsin is my, for sure, it's definitely my most hated. But Kyle Schwarber playing in the minors and then going 0 for 4 today, <laughs> man. Yeah. Couldn't have been better. Yeah, I can't I can't disagree with you there because as as a Cleveland fan after everything we saw witnessed last year, it's easy to hate all those guys, but at the same time, it's also easy to let that break your heart. Like we lost we lost to a guy who went over 4 in the minors. <laughs> right. You know? Like with that True. that guy that guy killed us. That guy so, smashed. Yes, he by the way, a little uh, unembarrassed us. Score update: The Indians are up eleven two in the bottom of the eighth. Oh, so custy. there you go, Custy boys, getting Custy. Uh, but yes, uh, I actually, the thing is, is that the Cubs are only they're only what three and a half back, four and a half back. The Cubs three and a half. Three and a half back. So the Cubs are only three and a half back. Like that is. That is not an insurmountable gap. No. At no. all. Like that can no, not at all. No. So we'll see what the Cubs can do. That's who I picked. I picked the Cubs. They can shall be interesting. They can theoretically make it back in. And um, and not even not even in the wild card race right not, now. Not and not even no, they're not really not well there. not even in the wild card uh lead. No, the the thing is, is the National League, the National League West is so fucking stacked right now. Nasty. Yeah, they're they are really the, the the most surprising team. Let's talk about the wild card really quick. So let's we can just skip over the Dodgers. I picked the Dodgers to, I picked the Dodgers to win the West because they are the most talented team in baseball. They have the highest payroll in baseball, and they're just freaking nasty. Mm -hmm. They are, and they have a four and a half game lead, which is not insurmountable. But that is a byproduct of the fact that the or the Arizona Diamondbacks are having the most surprising season in baseball. The Arizona Diamondbacks are playing incredible right now. They went from having the worst ERA in the National League to having the second best ERA in the National League in one year. It's incredible. Dude, would I be able to even recognize anyone that plays for them? No. Nobody. You would. I wouldn't even be able to, and I've been following them because I've been watching this. I've been watching this happen, and I still like. I'm still like, who is that guy? Like, <laughs> no, no. I hold on. Let me. Cranky, cranky. Is he is he pitching right now? Is he is he healthy? <laughs> um, I honestly, I don't. I maybe he is. Hold on. I so, the other, heard it. so the other team is the Rockies. Um, but let me just. Let me just read you the Diamondbacks roster really quick, and let's see if you recognize any of these guys. <laughs> no, dude, I'm looking no. at it, and okay, I and so, I don't. No, so, yeah, absolutely so Cranky, not a Cranky single is still fucking pitching. one. Besides Cranky him, is still pitching. yes, and he's you know. Let's so let's let's go ahead and let's 
let's go ahead and read it out for our, for our wonderful listeners who are. I mean, it's <laughs> fucking who the fuck? Yasmani Tomas, David Peralta. Is that, is that he related to Johnny Peralta? Maybe. Probably not because no, there's not. Like, I don't even. I don't even know which of these guys are starters. I no no idea. Gregor Blanco, Ty, Taiwan Walker, AJ AJ Pollock, Ray Fuentes. <laughs> like who are these people? Oh, Nobody knows. God, Nobody knows I, who these people no. are. But you know what? They're killing it. They're playing so. We're gonna know in in the next couple of years. We're gonna know who these people are. Mm. That's. I mean, they're playing so well. I love that shit. It's it's incredible. That's what baseball is all about. I agree. I agree. I mean, there was. There was a time two years ago where nobody know nobody knew who Jose Ramirez was. Nobody knew who Francisco Lindor was. Right. Nobody, like that's and that the same with the Cubs before they won the World Series. Like there was like nobody knew who Chris Bryant was and and fucking Anthony Rizzo. Like nobody knew who these guys were. So and speaking of not knowing who guys are, now that now that we're starting to see a lot of this is something that we're seeing in, in baseball that is almost the complete opposite of what we're seeing in basketball. We're seeing a really, really young new guard come over and take take the the national scene. And it's given it's given some flavor back to the home run derby, which is coming up here uh on Monday. Um and so we have Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge, Cody Bellinger and Mike Mustakis now, Mustakis and Stanton are a little older, but Judge and Bellinger are as young as it gets. Yeah, dude. Um, and I remember, I know you you grew up the same time I did, so back in the day when, before we knew everybody was juiced as fuck, that was McGuire, and McGuire and Sosa and all these guys were, were lining up in the, in the home run derby, that shit was a lot more exciting than Hell yeah. the All-Star game was. So is the Damn, home run if, with this year with these guys? Is the home run derby exciting again, Vince? Yeah, dude, I'm watching. Hell I'm watching yeah, for sure, for Hell sure. Yeah. It's gonna be, dude, with those those four guys, and then and and even you know even the additional guys, we we've got a lot to see. But um, why do I feel like Judge is gonna honestly like break records? Oh, I just I, mean, I don't I think feel fucking feel like he's going to. I feel like it's gonna be great, man. I feel I actually feel like uh, I feel like it's gonna. Man, it's. I want to see those four guys duel because I want to. I don't want any of the bottom four of the because there's eight guys in the bracket. I don't want to see any of the bottom four make it. I want to see. I want to see Bellinger and Mustakis stick uh, uh, dance it out. I want to see Stanton and Judge dance it out. I want to see, or I guess it would be Judge and Mustakis dance it out. Bellinger and Stanton dance it out. Um, but did you hear about this guy Logan Morrison for the Rays? Getting all bent out of shape about Gary Sanchez from the no from the, no no I didn't see this. All right, so Logan Morrison, he's a uh, he's a player for the Rays. He's got 24 home runs this year, and he started to talk some shit about Gary Sanchez for the Yankees, who is the eighth seed in the home run derby, saying okay. he doesn't deserve to be in the home run derby. Gary Sanchez has 14 home runs this year, but he also missed a month with a bicep injury. And he has the longest average home run distance of any player in the in Major League Baseball this year. And also, since last year's All-Star break, he's hit 34 home runs and 450 plate appearances 
and Morrison is at 28 home runs and 416 plate appearances. Morrison's having a good year, but nobody knows who he is. <laughs> nobody knows who he is, and and people know who Gary no. Sanchez is. He plays for New York. And sorry, you play for Tampa Bay. You you don't get to be upset about it. And no. I'm sorry if Gary Sanchez wasn't going to be there. It wasn't going to be you. Sorry, Logan Morrison. Maybe next year. Maybe, but Gary Sanchez is, is has done record-setting things. So never in my life have I ever heard someone talk chat about someone that not that they shouldn't be in the home run derby it's ridiculous and the thing is is that like three guys turned down the opportunity to be in the home run derby mm-hmm. so sanchez got in there on a technicality but logan morrison man like no but you're not you he clearly going. wasn't even like anywhere near the list you weren't going logan he, as a matter of fact sanchez set the record for he hit 20 home runs in the least amount of games before anybody ever until Cody Bellinger this year. Cody Bellinger is the only person to reach 20 home runs in less amount of games than Gary Sanchez. So, sure. like, the dude hits bombs. He can hit man. the ball. Yeah. Dude can hit the ball. He hits it He hits it farther than anybody else. He's hit 20 in the least amount of games than anybody else but Cody Bellinger. Like, sorry, like it had. let me ask you something. Have you ever heard if I said if I said Logan Morrison is either a baseball player or the son of a famous of, Doors, the brother singer. of Adam Morrison? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like what you wouldn't know, you wouldn't no. know. Nobody would know. Nobody'd know. But I'm I am pumped for this home run derby. It's going to be good. Um, yeah. Who's your money on? You got your money on Judge. I got to go, Judge. I just, I just have to go judge because I feel like he also doesn't expend any energy when he swings, which is I like agree the with important you, man. It's thing. Griffey, it's Griffey esque. Home derby. It's Griffey esque, but I'm it, going. That's what I, I, that's what I said. Yeah, definitely Griffey esque. It's Griffey esque. I agree with you. I'm. I, it can't be. It can't be Bellinger versus versus Stanton, but that was what I would like to see in the final. So I'm actually because Stanton's at home. It's in Miami, and that's where he plays. I'm going to pick Stanton. He's already won one of these, but. Uh, my dark horse is Bellinger, man, because Bellinger is small, but he is—he's he's sort of the same as Judge. He's, his swing is so compact. Um, I just, yeah, one of those three is going to win. I don't think it's going to be Mustakis, but shit, those guys—all—all all three of them can go fucking Yahtzee. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch. It'll be the—it's going to be the most exciting home run derby we've seen in in years. And and we we need we're due for a good home run derby. Heck yeah, we are. All, All right, right man. Yeah, let's move on. Want to go to to UFC? Yeah, let's move on. To All this. right, Vince. All right, Vince. So let's uh let's move on to uh, the UFC 213, which is coming up this Saturday, man. Um, and there's uh there's five fights on the main card, but there's really only three we're talking about. Um, and. You know, not to be not to be sexist, but I would I'd, I'd prefer to start with the uh, the female championship bout that we're going to deal with uh, Nunes Shevchenko, and then we'll move on to the the, the two fights that are right, be between uh, between the top contenders for their for their weight class. So, yeah, man. Well, I mean, Nunez Shevchenko, the main fight on the card. Nunez, the uh, the women's uh, 135 pound belt holder, absolute beast, defending her belt. Uh, fucking, she's one scary woman, man. I mean, she always brings it. Um, 
she's always exciting. Uh, this is a rematch of of their fight last year. And this is the only fight that Nunez hasn't finished in her UFC career. Oh, wow. Which which, which could be real, real, real good. So I think that is. If, so, if anyone's going to give her, Shevchenko freaking beat Holly home. Right, right. And Well, from what I'm looking at, it, Nunez has a huge striking advantage. Oh, she, yeah. Nunez is a nasty, nasty striker. But Shevchenko so, can hold her own you know, on that front, too. Just nowhere near as devastating as Nunez. Right. Uh, so, like, so it looks like from what I from what I've read, from what I'm looking at, Nunez is going to be um, she's going to be the 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 driving force of the fight. She's going to be on the offensive. And, yeah, and she pressed Shevch- the pace. So Shevchenko is going to be more you know she's going to be more counterfighting and maybe looking to go to the ground. Mm, yeah, I mean, it would probably be to her advantage to somehow get Nunez away from her strong point, which is for fucking throwing that right right hand. So, yeah, I mean, if she goes to the ground, I think that it's a little bit more of an even fight. Not necessarily that so, you, she has right. advantage. It's yeah, it doesn't look like even. it doesn't look like either of them really are are the type. They both look like uh, you know they both look like they're good at stopping their opponent from taking them to the ground. Um, but right, neither of them are huge on submissions. So, so but if if it, if the fight is on the ground. If you you know Shevchenko is that Shevchenko seems to be at a, a strong disadvantage standing up and throwing throwing punches. Throwing oh punches. yeah. So if she can get it get it to the ground, at least she's on more level level footing than she would be standing up trying to trying to trying to box or counter box. Yeah, and here's the thing about this fight: you you can almost rely on the man in Nunez to give you a good fight. You know what I mean? Sure. So, like, this being the last fight of the night, like, no matter what happens throughout throughout all the fights leading up to it, like, I'm going to be excited for this fight just because she always brings it. That's good. So, That's good. But she's, she's the f- type of fighter that the women's division needs right now. Like, coming off, like, you know, Ronda Rousey. And then right. a Misha Tate, and then yeah, and then yeah. a Holly, then a Holly home. It's like it's like oh we're all up for Rousey, and it's like oh we're all up for home, and then let down. Like oh we're all up for Misha Tate, and then let down, and then it's like oh yeah. this bad bad bitch. A, yeah, comes around. It's like oh shit, this this is a bad bitch right here. Yeah. And so you need a you need a new, you know, uh, you need a new hope. You know, like they you know you, you always like people used to always talk about in boxing back in the day the great white hope. You know, you need the great. Vagina hope. <laughs> well, if, if if Nunez now beats Shevchenko again, man, it just feels like there's like no one else in this division right now. But isn't that sort of? I mean, isn't that Unless sort of home. what? Isn't that sort of what? Uh, the the female fighters need is somebody who's dominant. Like, isn't isn't that what yeah. makes? Isn't that what makes the 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 female fight the most exciting is having somebody who seems like they can't be beat. Oh, this is, this is, she's exactly what, she's exactly what this division, what the, what the women's in the UFC in general and just women in MMA need all around. And then, fuck, they need to, they need to keep hyping her up, man. They, they can't hype her up and follow her and market her enough. Yeah, I feel like this, this fight is, uh, 
this fight is a big step in getting there, you know, like it's, she needs to win this fight before they can throw all of that, uh, all of that endorsement behind her, you know, like it needs to be. It'd be ideal if Shevchenko gives her a hard fight and it's intense, but then Nunez, you know. Is that ideal or is, or is it ideal that she dominates? I, I I'd like to think that it's ideal if there if it's somewhat of a fight because then you can see that like Nunez can beat a really good opponent and can overcome some adversity, uh, and it's not just like absolute subpar competition, which we're all kind of kind of figuring out that that's why Ronda Rousey was so good because the competition was so 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 subpar, maybe right. save for someone like right. Amisha Tate. I hear you. I hear you. So. Um, all right, so let's move which, on to. Uh... It Move naturally on. leads us into the next the next fight. Uh, yeah, Verdum Overeem. Yeah, Verdum and Overeem, and this is in the in heavyweight division, which is kind of like kind of like the same thing where it's just like shuffling chairs on the on the Titanic, right? Sure, like, sure. It's a matter of you know fighting each other, fucking going in circles. Um, mm-hmm. And so you've got the the rubber match, the third match between uh, between Verdum and Overeem's first. Fight was in Pride that Verdum won. Second fight was in Strike Force that Overeem won, and then now we get to see him in the in the UFC. Right, right. And uh, we're you know dealing with a we're dealing with a time period with from what I've un, what I understand about uh, the heavyweight division in the MMA. You don't typically have somebody hold on to a title for very long no. in the heavyweight class. So having Stipe, who's fought both of these guys, right? Yeah, Stipe's fought both of them within the last year and a half. Yeah, Stipe's fought both of them and beat both of them. Yeah. So, uh, so the Stipe, title from Verdum and yeah, beat over. So, so Stipe being um, being basically in charge of the heavyweight division in MMA or in UFC um, is is quickly becoming uh, unheard of in in that division in the heavyweight division because it the, the sure. heavyweight the heavyweight title seems to change hands very very quickly because it's, yeah. a, it's a small division anyone can um, win on any any night that's right. the thing so so this fight is huge because the, theoretically whoever wins this fight gets a rematch with Stipe right and well it's an interesting situation because you have Cain Velasquez who should be fighting Stipe in the next fight but he's just been hurt for so long. And so now with Kane potentially not being healthy, the winner of this fight very well might might uh, might fight Stipe, which would be just insane to me because they just fought like you know in, within the past year year and a half. Sure, sure. Well, but like you said, we are you know we're talking about you know the the MMA version of musical chairs where it's where it's five guys in four chairs. So yeah, and like and and one guy that like seems like they're about to come up. Like a Mark Hunt, like is Mark Hunt about to be there? Oh shit, he loses. He loses to Overeem. Got fucking knocked out by Overeem. And then you got someone else that looks like he's coming up with the Black Beast, Lewis. And then Lewis loses to Mark Hunt. And it's like, oh fuck. Like you know, everyone loses to each other just when they seem like they're about well, to about to get up, and there could be a new challenger. It's well, but it almost seems like like maybe. The hierarchy, the hierarchy is too set. You know, like these guys actually are because there are so few of them. They are actually stratifying themselves in a in the order that they're supposed to be in. Because if these guys were that good, they'd be beating the guys ahead of them. You know, but they're not. So these guys, like the guys that the guys the guys that are two and three, 
are beating all the guys that are four, five, and six. And the the guy Stipe that is number one is beating the guys that are two and three. And well, like here's a, here's a, like look, take Verdun for example. He like goes on a, on a huge win streak, huge win streak, takes the belt, and then has one loss to Stipe, loses the belt, and then he wins his next fight, and then it's like okay, you had one trip up for Verdun that you know takes it all in a, in a big circle. Same with Overeem. Overeem goes on a on a win streak, and then he's got you know one loss that, you know, sends him back, like, almost to the start of this, you know, little, like, five-person line. And you have, like, a rotating five-person line. It's just, uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, maybe it's just that they're all stratifying themselves right, into just but, uh, five guests, and there's not one that's emerging as the clear-cut. Right, but, so, like, so Stipe, like, but the thing is, so really this, this, this conversation we're having about the heavyweight division kind of comes back to Stipe, uh, it kind of comes back to Stipe because he's winning. Yeah. And, and. He's defending. He's defending the belt, which is not common. Right. Well, and, but he had also, so he, he just defended against Junior Dos Santos, right? Yeah. And he had lost to Junior Dos Santos in the past. Yes. So, if you, you know, if you are the champion and you have the belt and you fight somebody who's beaten you in the past and you win again, like I don't, I don't know, man. Like it just seems like that is, like, like I'm what I was talking about with the stratification. Like there's just there's something to be said for people figuring out, like, or not, not just results figuring out who ranks where. And though Verdum might have just lost that one fight to Stipe, Lost that fight to Stipe. To Stipe. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So like, that, what, well, oh man, what 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 just has to happen is Kane and Stipe have to fight. Like that that's the fight that we need to see because they Kane 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 Verdum and and now I suppose you could throw Stipe into the conversation are being looked at as potentially the best heavyweights of all time just based on time that they had the belts, uh, their past Stipe, records. Stipe's I mean, Stipe has Stipe, the most title defenses. Right, Stipe has had the most title defenses. Um, now maybe it's been against maybe it's, maybe it's been against lesser quality contenders. I can I can totally understand that logic. His defenses uh, certainly haven't. His defenses certainly haven't, and like his last like three four fights in the UFC certainly have not been against lesser opponents. He just doesn't necessarily have the length of resume that Verdum and Kane have. I mean, Verdum goes all the way back to like strike force and pride and just like a shit load of shit load of fights. And Verdum fucking beat Fedor. So I mean, Verdum is, is definitely one of the best. Super, they all three of them make arguments. I mean, you, you, you know so much more about this than I do, but like in my mind, that, that's, that's stuff that sounds super cool, but that's like saying Kurt Warner once won a bunch of shit in, in the Canadian league, you know, like, that doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't mean anything now, and it certainly would not. Like I said, you think know, argument, you know. Who's the best right now, for sure. Historically, you, know so you, could, you could fucking argue that till the cows come home. So, but, um, but like, in, but, from from what I understand about MMA, like the UFC is the is the premier league, right? Well, it hasn't always been. It hasn't always been. Um, the premier striking was like, I mean, like when Fedor. Uh, and fucking like Verdum and Overeem, all those, all the real big, really good heavyweights so, were in. Um, so it hasn't always been for. Pride. 
Like, uh, I, well, no, it has been. It's just those guys kind of all came up in like the Pride and Strike Force days, and then Fedor really never even came, never even right. fought in the UFC. So, um, you know, there's right. there's certainly I get that. I get that. I get, it, I get, that. I get what I get just, exactly. What you're it's just as admirable to have won as many times in Pride and Strike Force as these guys sure. did. And that's why the record. That's why the records from those leagues or whatever they they hold up. They hold up. They continue over. Like they'll be. The record that oh, you are promotion. listed at, well, yeah, when you when you are list when your record is listed in a UFC fight, it includes all those other leagues, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I think they put it in your your MMA record. Yes, yeah, next month's that's, record. Yeah, yeah. It, so that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, it's just either 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 way. Well, the thing is here, you never know what Overeem is going to show up. That's 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 the wild card here. You either get like slow sluggish out of it, Overeem. Or you get like fucking Uberim, like just like nasty explosive, like the Overeem that knocked out Mark so, Hunt and fucking broke Mark Hunt's arm. All right, so let me ask you something, because like I said, you know, first of all, we are we are completely discrediting the concept of Brock Lesnar from all this, right? Like Brock Lesnar was in this division, yeah, right? Yeah, and he was very dominant when he fought in it, but he is since been kind of proven to be a, a cheater. Hello? Yep, no, I'm with you. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's been, he's he was proven to be using performance-enhancing drugs, right? Uh, <laughs> Overeem was juiced to the gills. So Wait, so are, are they all juiced? No, 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 no. I, I, there was an Brock era. Brock Lesnar was definitely. Like, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Brock Lesnar. Oh my, he was. Yes, he was so juiced. He got caught. He got fucking caught. Right. That's what I'm saying. He's been, both of him I, and Overeem got caught. Yeah, those well, those guys. You can look ju- at them. You can just look at them and be like, oh, those guys are ju- 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 juiced. Right. Right. Like you and I had that conversation. By the way, I've I've since, even though we had this conversation. And I disagreed with you at the time. I have since come around to your opinion that The Rock is about the most Shut up. human being in the world. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, let, but so the fight that you most want to see in the heavyweight division, I'm going to go ahead and presuppose that one side of that fight is Stipe Miocic. Is the other side of that fight? The winner of this fight is it? Is it the winner of Verdum Overeem or is it Cain Velasquez? It, de- it depends. It depends. It depends if if Cain's if Cain's healthy. All right. Let's say we have a. Let's say we have a an as healthy as we are ever going to get Cain Velasquez. It's Cain. Over over easily. Let's say. Kane. Let's say. Let's say uh, either Ver, let's say Verdum crushes Overeem, smashes Overeem, or, or Overeem crushes Verdum. <laughs> no, because the the fight that everyone wants to see is Kane Stipe. Okay, so that's the fight everyone wants to see okay. because so, both these guys already fought so it's it. Not and, a matter and Kane, of... everyone thinks that Kane. Everyone thinks Kane's the true heavyweight champion. Like everyone, just I don't know. There's this thing about Kane. That, like, oh, Kane, Kane, Kane. That is that is why I asked the question. Yeah. Because I assumed that that was going to be the answer. 
um, because like you said, like you just said, that is the person that people believe is the real champion. And that is why Stipe won't get the respect of a guy who's had the most title defenses for a heavyweight ever until he, because he's, because he hasn't fought the guy that people think That's is the heavyweight That's exactly champion. right. That your right. assessment is exactly correct. Right. That is why I wanted to ask that question because I'm just trying. Like I, like I said, I don't, I don't understand this stuff the way you do. So I'm trying to feel it out. But that makes. I don't even. I don't even understand it. Some most. No, of the but time. that makes that makes the most sense in the world. Like if people think, if people think that Kane is the guy and he's just, he's just hurt. He's sitting on the sidelines waiting for his chance. That and that, that that is the case. I've always wondered. Because I've always I've I've I read about I read about MMA I read about UFC I've been I've been keeping since we started doing this I've been keeping up with every you know, you know every major UFC event and it seems like Stipe even though he's doing things that have not been done in the heavyweight division he's not getting he doesn't get respected the way somebody might. It, here's the problem it's it he's he's not as elegant. And he he doesn't do it with um, sort of I, I don't I mean, know it's, it's more of this like how elegant is it gonna be? It's like more of this like blue collar like when he won it when he won it from Verdum originally it it almost seemed like a little bit flukish because he just knocked him straight out he like he just knocked him straight out sure. everyone was like okay, okay he just caught him he just caught so, him so so his second fight against Jake I don't know if you remember this fucking prove something the first the first fight. I can. It's not the first fight I watched. The first fight I can really remember. You and I watched it together at my sister's house. Chuck Liddell versus Quentin Rampage Jackson. Oh yeah. And and that was like like seventy four or something, seventy five or something. Rampage just caught Chuck Liddell right on the chin, like in the first round. Knocked him out cold. Knocked him out cold. Just. (laughs) Done that and was br- brutal done and knockout. Done. done and done. So I can totally imagine that happening with Stipe in his in his title fight, and then him just hanging on. You know, like he's is that what's happening? Is Stipe just hanging on? No, I think he's legit. All right. So so the fight we really need to see to understand what the heavyweight division really is. Is Stipe Miocic versus Kay Glasset? Dude, yes. All right, so we're just gonna have to wait for that to happen. But in the meantime, we've got Verdum and Overeem, and uh, you picked. Wait, wait, who did you pick? Verdum. Ooh, man, I haven't made a pick yet. I have not well, made a pick. Vince, it, you are you are welcome to the I Nosebleed Section am... podcast. You need to make a pick, buddy. You're right. I'm making a pick. And I, you know what? I'm going over him. I'm fucking, I'm fucking going over him. You know what? I'm also going over him. Love it. Um, Love so it. you went Nunez for the. I'm going, I'm going Nunez, and I'm going over him. All right. Yep. So we both, we yep. both picked the same so far. Um, by the way, anybody keeping score at home? Uh, I know you're not paying that close atten- uh, close of attention. So Vince is 100% on his UFC picks. Am I two uh, for two? I, as far as I know of, the only ones you've actually picked on the show, you have gotten right. Yeah, because I picked Musasi in that fucking weird fight against 
uh, Weidman. Yep. And then I picked uh, what, what? What was? It was the same card as that. It, it was the, the same, same card. card. It was the same. Oh, God, See, the it, thing is, is we talked about we talked about three fights, but you only picked two of them because I forgot to ask you on one. I don't remember <laughs> what the other one was though. Why am I thinking it was Cormier Rampage? No, it wasn't. wasn't that fight. No, it no. wasn't. It wasn't. Um, no, but it was it was during that same fight. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. All I know all right. is you're two and zero. Oh. Let's move on and I'll, and I'll figure it out. I know you're two and zero. Oh. Oh. Uh, but so we got to move on to uh, Romero, uh, Romero and Whitaker. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This was Cormier Rumble. Oh yeah, no, it was. I, you said Rampage. Did I? You said Cormier. And I'm definitely Rampage. not. I was, I'm, like, I'm, I was like, no, it definitely wasn't Rampage. He hasn't. Oh, in years. Cor- Cor- Cormier Rumble. Cormier Rumble. Yeah, it, Cormier it Rumble. was. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're definitely yeah. right. Yeah. That was a weird. That was a weird weekend of fun. That was. That was, was such a weird, a weird that was a weird fight because everyone was like, what is, what is, what the fuck is Rumble doing? All right, we don't need to get into UFC 210. No, that was that weird was, and I But that was a weird weekend of fights. Um, yeah, we don't need to get back into that. <laughs> but we do need to, we do need to we talk about. Fight. Yeah, we do need to talk about Yoel Romero and, and Robert Whitaker. Dude, dude, Yoel, I mean, people keep can coming we, up. Can we talk about up. for a second, though, just real quick before we get into the fight, this might be. Yes. The most badass matchup of nicknames ever. We've got the Soldier of God versus the Reaper. This is <laughs> uh-huh. this that's pretty that that's an an actual dichotomy. Like that's an actual dichotomy of nicknames. Soldier of God versus the Reaper. <laughs> Romero, so Romero, you know Romero. Like he can't speak English, and he's got this really raspy voice, and uh, he's got <laughs> he's a translator, Cuba. but. Uh, after after like it was like two fights ago, it was like Romero was like uh he everyone thought he said praise black Jesus <laughs> But actually said bring back Jesus <laughs> So like after those fights like hey, that is praise, so... praise back Jesus <laughs> That is so funny <laughs> And everyone was like up in arms because he's like what is he talking Alright, so so just to be fair his nickname should be Soldado de Dios. I'm pretty sure that's Soldier of God that, in Spanish. Oh. So, and he's Cuban. He's Cuban, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty the, sure they speak Spanish in Cuba. Yeah, he's definitely yeah, 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 from yeah, Cuba. Yeah. For sure. Pretty, he's he's from, Cuba, from Cuba. And, and Robert uh, Whitaker's from dude, New Zealand. Dude, with how jacked he is, I had people come over my desk and like, oh, man, like Romero, like he's definitely on steroids. That dude's definitely on steroids. Funny thing about Romero is he's been in drug testing programs for 20 straight years. He doesn't really, including know. including Olympi and Olympics testing because he wrestled in the Olympics, right? And then Al Usada. Mm-hmm. And it's like people cannot buy that. Usada is like, like the hardest core fucking hardest shit you can be a part of. Like they they'll test you on every fucking thing, and they're unreasonable. They're completely yeah. unreasonable too. It's like you yeah. had you had three Tylenols in one day, you're done. <laughs> in, in in 2009. Yeah. <laughs> they said there's no, there's if they can find something, there's no statute of limitations on what they, how far they can go back. I, see, they here's just the have thing, to go man. Like, he doesn't, I, and, and, and I have such a, I have such a bad judge. I'm, I am such a bad judge at who's doing steroids and who's not. But looking at them on the UFC page, like, Robert Whitaker looks 
does not look at all like he's doing steroids. Matter of fact, he looks like he's about to get his ass fucking beat. But Joel Romero is not like he's not like he's huge. He's just cut. He's just like real cut up. He is just like he's like negative thirteen percent body fat with a. All of his body fat is in his is in his peen. He's got he's got a giant dick. A big old giant peen. Yeah, dude. That flying knee against... Do you remember that flying knee against Weidman when we watched the UFC 205? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> that was fucking insane. That was... that was Dude, that he night, knocked Weidman into next week. That night was one of the Dude. best nights of my life. Fuck. That was awesome. Awesome. Everything awesome about night. that fight, everything about that night, everything about everything. that day, that whole weekend was just... Oh. Was good. Um... <laughs> Uh, that was man, really I, feel so like, good. I feel like we already stopped talking about this fight, and maybe we need to get back on it. Um, but I, feel I like mean, the fight, the fight like is going to be fucking amazing. I think both of these guys are on an absolute tear. Romero's just been sitting on his ass since UFC 205, and he knocked out, beat the fuck out of Weidman. He's just been sitting there because of uh, of uh, Bisbing and and George St. Pierre just like yeah. talking to each other and nothing yeah. happening. And Dana uh, White. Which is which is the like it is the problem that exists in the UFC is so many guys like oh I'm hurt oh I'm sitting on my on my ass oh I'm talking to some guy like yeah and it's like Bisping wants a payday and he's and he's gonna get that payday by fighting George St Pierre and if that comes along and the UFC wants to make it like I suppose I don't necessarily blame him for trying to make that fight except you know my stance on the whole thing where it's like. The, you first default to making a great fight, and then in the absence of being able to make like a super good fight in that division, then you go to a super fight. Like, I'm not against yeah. super fights. I just want them to be at the right time and right place. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you're right. You're you're 100% right. Um, and Dana White, so Dana White came out and said, I guarantee the winner of Romero Whitaker fights Bisming. Right? But that shit turns on a dime, and if something comes up better... Dana White's going to do it. For example, sure, sure. You know, it's a, a, a money-making industry. It's not. Yeah. It's not a. It's not a guarantee-making industry. It's a money-making industry. It's about who can, who will bring in the most eyeballs, and that's it. At the end of the day, it's and, and it's not even about eyeballs. It's about dollars. So. Yeah, dude. I've been seeing a lot of people that I trust, and. Uh, that I follow and usually get this this type of shit right. Pick Whitaker, but I am going to I don't, go. Dude, I don't buy it for a second. I don't buy it for a second. I gotta go through. Well, he's just too devastating. And after he did that to Weidman, I literally said I will never pick against Romero again. I just, just can't do it. I mean, I, I you know, I just he's thirty nine. He's fucking old. That's the one thing. That's the one problem. But yeah, but he's also um, he I, okay. So Whitaker's fought more fights. But Whitaker's also lost more. I mean, he's won more fights. He's also lost more fights. Um, yeah, Whitaker's also, I think, like just a career MMA guy. I think Romero. I, don't, I think he had, you know, sort right. Of a, so, um, if, so if 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 Whitaker wins, is it gonna? It, is it gonna come down to? It's gonna come down to technique, right? It's not, it, like if if Yoel if Joel Romero wins, it's gonna be knockout. And if Whitaker, Whitaker wins, it's gonna, it's gonna technique. come down. It's gonna come down. I mean, to technique. Romero has the wrestling. Romero has the wrestling. Like he, he's, he, he can take you down. Uh, he could, you know, get on top of you and start ground pounding. He can throw you. But Whitaker's got an all just well, an all around good game. 
what I'm looking at, like, but he's not going to, I mean, he's not going to submit him. What I'm looking at, Yoel's never Romero's had a submission. Not submit him. No, 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 Romero's not going to submit him. No, I'm just Never had a submission in his career. No, 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 he's not going to submit him. But he's got an 83% knockout TKO ratio. Yeah, dude, he's nasty. He's going to... And it's gonna be it's gonna be a good fight. Like I'm looking at they they match up, just stat for stat. Like I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the the I I would this right has now. to be a pick 'em. This has to be a pick 'em fight. There's, there's I, no I can't fine. disagree with you. Okay. I can't disagree with you. Like okay, so we've got um we've got height. They're they're both six feet. No, yeah, they're both six feet. We've got. Weight, they're both 185. We've got reach, they're both 73 inches. Leg reach, Whitaker's 43 and Romero's 42. They're, they are, man, they're, they're just gonna, they're gonna beat the shit out of you. Fuck, dude, yeah, I cannot wait for this shit. They're gonna, they, 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 they differ in the statistics that, that determine style. But that's it. It's not, it's, it looks like we've got one guy that's gonna he's he's gonna be more technical and another guy that's gonna bruise the shit out of you. Fuck yeah. So there we go, man. I this this is the fight that I'm most excited about. I, I, I cannot disagree with you on that. I we're just doing a lot of not disagreeing with each other here because Yeah, yeah. We're also both pick, we're both picking Romero. For sure. All right, there we go. Well, all right, for all of you listening at home, that is UFC 213 as far as we see it. Um, And uh, that is episode 9.2 of the Nosebleed Section podcast. But you all need to stay tuned for episode 10. Episode 10 is going to be everything that you've all been waiting for. It is going to be heavily, heavily focused on the NBA offseason, and I know you've all been waiting to hear us talk about the NBA offseason. Um, we're going to talk about the major moves, the uh, the free agent moves, the trades. We're going to be talking about the front offices. We're going to be talking about what we think the playoffs are going to look like next year. And uh, we're basically going to talk about all things NBA. So you guys stay tuned for uh, Episode 10. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Sure. But... Uh, Dude, we're going to bring back the all-NBA cast. Take it back Man, to our roots. Take it back to to one of our – actually, we're going to go over both of our archive casts because that's a lot of what both of our archive casts are about. It's about hell the yeah. shit we're going to talk yeah. about. Hell we're gonna, yeah. We'll bring back that all-NBA cast. Vince, I got some shit set up for you for this, uh, for this uh, NBA playoffs reshuffle. And, man, it's going to be – fun i'm looking at it right now i'm looking at a little bracket breakdown and it's gonna be fun all right dude i'm into it i hope all all y'all out there listening to the nosebleed section podcast are ready um but for tonight we're gonna have to call it quits uh vince you got anything to say to the people keep it custy uh like i like we said someone needs to dm yow someone needs to get on the twitters to yow someone needs to get in contact with yow and let them know that we need to be at this Corona Beach house uh, this next football season. Austin, that's right. Make it happen. Yeah, somebody get in contact with Yao because we all know he ain't listening to no 
none of the custiest cast that ever did happen to happen happen to custard. But uh, listen, we love y'all. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, we will see you next week uh, when we do our all NBA cast, all NBA off season. It's gonna be great. But until then, keep it custy, y'all. And out. Yeah, me too.